turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. I have to say it's great to be coming uh, live again at Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway for this episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Mm-hmm. After we've just talked about pleasure, I'm surprised <laughs> that anyone stuck around for our show. I'm surprised they didn't make a beeline to the bedroom after that session. I think some people were f- fairly, uh, fairly off balance. You think? <laughs> so, <laughs> you got pretty well, deep. A little deep, yes, a little deep. Um, but hey, welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having honest conversations about married life. It's straightforward, or as you would like to say not candy coated no oh, i just about stumped you there on that one <laughs> what do i say straightforward talk about sex and all the different issues that we face in married life and uh, again we are here at the sexy marriage radio getaway so everybody say hi <laughs> so it's awesome to have a chance to have a full day and a half under our belt now mm-hmm. there's some amazing things going on and if you missed the sexy marriage radio getaway in 2017 I guess you got to get Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway in 2018. Yes. Yeah. I have no idea what that's going to be. <laughs> I was just asking you earlier, do we know what we're going to do and where we're going to be? And we, he just kind of stared at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> One thing at a time. This, is not, this one's not over yet. One thing at a time. <laughs> but we will get it lined up very yep. soon so you can all, so you can all mark your calendars. Yep. And if you're interested or got questions, you know where you send that information, right? Feedback, Feedback at, at com. Some hey, people have been paying attention. Uh, speaking of feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. I have to share this email from Eric who sent us a really cool kudo. He says that he recently got a job in Georgia so he spends his time on the weekends driving back and forth to North Carolina where his wife is. He says I found you guys on iHeartRadio and I think I've listened to every episode in about three weeks during these seven hour drives. He says my wife and I are Christians and have a great sex life and a great marriage but you've opened me up and shown me some different ways that I could be lax in supporting her both inside and outside the bedroom. So I just wanted to say I appreciate it. I like what you're doing and keep it up because this world needs better marriages and of course better sex well, that's awesome isn't that cool can you imagine though what kind of overload you'd be on with Corey and shannon after three weeks of 300 i don't know how you do almost 300 episodes well this was back I, in march i confess yeah, but still like 275 episodes that's and, a lot of episodes <laughs> in a short time. i love binge listeners but that's a binge listener on steroids <laughs> Well, somebody suggested that maybe he had it on. on he might, yeah, might have been on double speed. Where we sound like Alvin the Chipmunks. We love you for listening. I had a statement. Feedback is with that, but I'm not going to say anything. So, life on life terms. Um, this is an interesting conversation <laughs> that we get to have today. <laughs> so, the people that are in the audience get to see the fact that sometimes I just blow right on past Shannon and we just keep right on going. Um, but this is an interesting conversation and show we can have today because this is uh, somebody made the comment that. You know, we do the email or the listener potpourri shows uh-huh. where it's uh, uh, lots of different topics right. that we cover. And this is attendee potpourri Good show. Good way to put it. Because uh, we, po- we pose the question to the audience of, hey, what's some ideas for some shows? Mm-hmm. What do you, wh- based on what we've covered, because we've gotten a lot of heavy ways and a lot of topics, and it could seem like information tsunami. Am I wrong? Okay. And it can be a, an overload of information. Yes, you're wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> really? I'm wrong. Okay. It's not the first time. Um, but one of the things that came up was this whole concept of how what we're, what we're spending a lot of time talking about is this idea that marriage is designed to help us grow up. 
mm-hmm. help us stand on our own two feet. Put and on he, a big girl panties, big yep. boy boxers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't reverse those. Um, yeah. <laughs> unless that's your <laughs> Unless bench, that's what I you're guess. into. <laughs> so who am I? Um, no judgment on our part. Not at all. <laughs> but it's one of those things that, so last night, to kind of help set the stage, and this is also talked about in Naked Marriage, which mm-hmm. is the book I have. Um, it's not just the book you have. It's the book you wrote. Fair enough. Own it, Corey. Fair enough. <laughs> <That's> good, good <laughs> distinction there. It thank is you. so great to see your books on the book yeah, table. Thank you. Um, it's the idea that if you think of, we, we showed it uh, as a d- demonstration between Charles and I. He came up in front of the crowd, and we leaned in and caught each other by the hands so that we're truly creating an A-frame. We're supporting each other. Mm-hmm. And the premise is that's the way relationships start. Right. We meet and fall in love with somebody and we lean in on them because we love the feelings that that produces and we love how that makes us feel. But the problem becomes if I stay in that path with married life, now all of a sudden, where does my focus lie? On the other person. It's on the other person. And why? Because you need to know that they're not going to let you fall flat on your face. Right. You have, to, you have to believe that they're secure in order to continue leaning on them. Right. But and what I, if they're not secure? Well, if, Sure. What if they're not secure? But I also have to make sure I don't be the one that makes them feel insecure. Mm. I don't be the one that makes them mad, that makes them get tired, that makes them not put up with my stuff anymore. You know? So it's like yeah. now all of a sudden my focus shifts to making sure I'm okay by focusing too much on my spouse. Mm. So what I believe is, is that marriage is designed to help us push back from that so that we're both standing on our own two feet. So I, I love that illustration too. When yeah. you, when you stood up right, that the point w- that you were making was that now you can get c- much closer than you were before. Right. Because before all you could do was be hand to hand and nose to nose, but once you stood up right, you could get as close as you wanted to, mm-hmm. full body, or as far apart as we want to. And mm-hmm. it's and it allows each of us the room to be present and to be engaged as we need and as the the situations warrant. Mm-hmm. So one of the ideas that's, that comes from this is now if what the main problem of married life is that we have, a lot of times, at least that I see with my practice and the clients I work with, is you can sum it up with this concept of we overreact to our partner's overreaction. Mm. When we get mad, when something's going on, we overreact to my partner's overreaction. And you know what some people are thinking when they hear you say that, right? No, my partner overreacts when I overreact. Yeah, okay, but you still can't escape it. <laughs> you, it's you, you still can't a escape. Cycle, yeah, no you can't, where it ex- you can't escape the overreaction world. Right. Right. Because it is, and I would say that part of the premise as to why we overreact mm-hmm. is we're leaning in on each other. Right. So now all of a sudden, what what they say is personal. It's a personal attack at me. It, it's an emotional trigger. Well done. You exactly. were paying attention this morning while you were teaching. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know those emotional triggers well. Exactly. So it's seeing it as, all right, so now how do I break that cycle? How do you keep from overreacting mm-hmm. even when your spouse is overreacting? Right. So Because this is all theory kind of stuff. And this is some of the feedback we get from people at feedback at sexymergeradio.com and even here at the getaway is, okay, I get the idea. I get the theory. How do I do it? Right. Well, How do I stand on my own two feet? And that's where the potpourri approach comes in because someone else had said, can you cover self-soothing a little more in depth on a show? Because they felt as if our listeners would benefit from that. And yeah. 
I think that's exactly the direction that you have to go. When you feel as if your spouse is overreacting, rather than jump in that boat with them, you have to stand firmly on the dock and soothe yourself. Right. So I think it also warrants, because self-soothing is one component, mm-hmm. understanding triggers is another. Absolutely. You want to go there just real briefly? Yeah, I can touch on that. This morning we were talking about how, uh, which gun is more dangerous, the gun that's just sitting on the table or the gun where there's a finger behind the trigger and how people trigger us, but it's not what they're doing in that moment. It's how it's making us feel the way that we used to feel when we were probably a much younger child. An, mm-hmm. an example that we used is a, a, such a cute couple that we have here. They had a big conversation, um, discussion, feedback about paint lines. And when she criticized or when she inquired as to whether or not he was aware that these paint lines needed to be touched up, it just triggered him in a big way because it was like he was that middle child again being criticized mm-hmm. by both the older brother and the younger brother. And he's like, what the heck? And and then she feels as if, now wait a minute, it, it, it's she felt like she was being called a bully because she went straight to the chase and mm-hmm. called attention to the paint lines. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not about the paint lines. It's about how you're each feeling a certain way that you felt before and you never had closure and resolution on those feelings back right. then. And now it's still an open wound. Yeah, and that's the stuff that Rob Bell refers to as this is related to that. <laughs> I love Rob Bell's It's stuff. a great <laughs> phrase to kind of think of it because we're not really talking about this, we're talking about that. Right. right. And that's the whole concept of triggers mm-hmm. is that when something happens and I overreact, because let me give you an example. This is one that just comes to my mind. Is okay. I come home, I make a comment, and Pam, I can't believe you would say that. Okay, and so you're she's, like, what did I so say? So she's overreacted to just my comment. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, and it could just be... Um, hey, let's go get Taco Bueno for dinner. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't believe you'd want to do that. Taco Bell is where it's at, even though that's not at all what she would ever <laughs> I can't envision say. him getting her panties in a wad no, over which taco restaurant to go to. But so if when that happens, she's been triggered. Now I'm likely going to be triggered by her reaction to the trigger. Right. And so now I'm overreacting to her overreaction. Right. And so how do I stop this? First off is one of us has to grow up enough to recognize our role in it. Mm-hmm. Because don't we want to? Well, let me, let me ask you this, Shannon, and our audience can probably yell out because they're going to know the answer very, very quickly too. What would be our normal way of how we would want to stop overreacting? Who would we want to stop overreacting, ourselves or our spouse? Our spouse. Absolutely, because <laughs> they need to get in line and figure out how they're supposed to respond to me better. Mm-hmm. But can I control my spouse? No. No way. Not even close. So a lot of it comes down to how do I recognize it and then come back to it, stop it, change it, whatever, Mm -hmm. because that's the first step. Right. And I liked your hula hoop analogy that you put a hula hoop around you and that shows you just how much you have control over. (laughs) You're responsible for what's what's inside the the hula hoop, hoop, not what's outside the hula hoop. Right. So the idea of recognizing the overreactions is one way you change this pattern. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it could be that same scenario I just I just described. I say taco bueno and she's overreacting and it's like. I don't respond to her overreaction. Instead, I say. I get the sense you're not interested in taco bueno, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) you know, or or it could just be a. okay. apparently there's other things going on that I'm not aware of. And so now I'm not going down the path of the overreaction. I'm trying to do the metacognition in the sense of talking about what's going on between us in real time. Mm -hmm. But 
there's lots of times where we're not real good at that, right? I mean, that we, don't, we do blow up. And we do drop the ball. And we do overreact. Well, and I think that it goes back to laziness. We just automatically have knee-jerk reactions, and we think what we want to think or mm -hmm. feel the way that we choose to feel, and we don't take the time to really put ourselves in the other person's shoes to look at it through the lens that they look through. And that was what was so valuable about the exercise that we did this morning about life mapping is understanding the lens that your partner looks at life through based on the things that have happened to them. Mm -hmm. It can make all the difference in the world that if you understand how they perceive things rather than just how you perceive things – you can be a lot more compassionate toward their responses rather than getting angry that you're not getting your way yeah. or that they're not agreeing yeah. with you. Because one of the things that I believe strongly in is that when we're talking about married life and our path forward to growing up and standing on our own two feet better, we don't have to always do it right. Right? We, we are going to mess up. We're going to not be at our best and have something happen and lose our cool and overreact. And so how do I have graciousness for my partner and myself mm -hmm. to be able to say, you know what? I think I dropped that one. I think I messed that one up. I could have handled that right. better. That's a great phrase. Can we rewind the tape yep. and let's just practice doing that yep. more effectively. It's, it's the ability to fall on our own sword. Can we have a mulligan? <laughs> Can I have a do-over? Yep. Yep. Right. So that's how it all starts to me. It's first off, we got to recognize mm -hmm. the deal. You know, that's the whole concept of... In, uh, dealing with addiction you got to recognize you got a problem right <laughs> so first off i got to acknowledge and recognize you know what i'm an overreactor anybody else in here an overreactor okay so hey there's <laughs> a lot of people raising their hand we probably could have held up an applause sign and everybody would have applauded <laughs> for that one but because we are or how many of us are just as sophisticated but we underreact i do that too yeah, so it is one of those things of seeing it as they're both the same thing hmm. i can underreact to my partner's underreaction, and now we're still not dealing with whatever the issue is that's in front of us that we need to deal with, like going to Taco Bueno for dinner. And do you honestly think that underreacting is just as destructive in the relational dynamic as overreacting? What kind of relationship do you got if you're underreacting to things? Probably there's a lot of fear or intimidation or apathy or you don't feel as if mm -hmm. you can own your own voice. There's, I see it as a lot of parallel partnership kind of stuff. Yeah. That it's okay, that's your stuff, this is mine, and I'm not going to go anywhere near that stuff. Same thing I would do if you overreact so, to things. Avoidance. Yeah, it's avoidance. Okay. okay. And, and I think avoidance that's just as doesn't get us anywhere. Right, it's right. just as destructive. It sweeps it under the rug. Yep. Okay, so the other, th other component that was brought up by um, an audience member here was a component that helps us when it comes to growing up, standing on our own two feet, and that is this concept of self-soothing. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear your take, because this is the stuff I espouse all the time of self-soothing, because it's some schnarch terminology, it's some Dr. Glover terminology, it's even some John Eldridge terminology that I've just kind of love and blend the three as best I can mm -hmm. and add my, my take to it. But I, wanna, right. I, I do want to hear you speak to this. Okay. On the topic of self-soothing. <laughs> Shannon just went all like, she put on her professional voice for a second, of presenter voice. I definitely think that it's self-awareness of what is this, whatever this is that my spouse is doing or saying, what does that represent for me? And how is that making me feel? And I love the Mylan and Kay Yurkovich question from How We Love is how or what, or the when. When do I remember feeling that way before? Okay. And did I ever have resolve in that particular situation? 
and that would indicate that there's probably an open wound there, trigger like we talked about a few minutes ago. So really asking the question, what do I need in this situation? Rather than attacking your spouse for doing or saying the wrong thing of just, what is it that I need in order to feel a little bit more control in this situation? And can I be vulnerable and ask for what I need rather than attacking my spouse for making me feel that way? Yeah. So it's that whole approach of getting sad instead of mad of just be sad for the hurting little girl or the hurting little boy that's still trapped inside your adult body, but humble yourself and ask your spouse to give you the affirmation or the comfort that you're in need of in that moment so that you can talk about what's really going on rather than trigger the trigger, which triggers another trigger, and then you overreact, <laughs> and the other person overreacts, and you overreact. trigger train. Yeah. I th- has anybody been on board that trigger train? <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. we're talking about the overreacting to overreactions. Uh-huh. That's the whole concept. Yeah, that's good. So let's hear your take. I, that's very, very good. I like that because, and that's the one, Shannon. That's the one thing I love most about our partnership is the fact that we see things differently. <laughs> but are, yet, are you really saying, Shannon? What I love about our partnership is that you're wrong and I'm right. Is that what you're saying? I'm teasing. I'm going to slide over here. And, no, no, because no, because they're because both. Because men are always right. Oh, and someone just someone just yelled out, "That's an overreaction to someone's overreaction." Well done, nicely played. You had to weave in humor. Somewhere. No, that's good. Um, but it is the idea of you come at it from just a, a different train of thought, right. and neither one are right or wrong because they're it's both like looking, effective. It's like looking at a diamond. Absolutely. It's cut so brilliantly that mm-hmm. there's all kinds of angles that you could look at it. Absolutely. It's still going to sparkle or shine from any angle. Absolutely. Talk to us about your angle. So, Because I love the concept of self-soothing is the first thing I've got to do is just breathe. I've just got to take deep breaths. I mean, that's the whole concept of the airplane oxygen mask. Mm-hmm. that I need oxygen because when I take a good, long, deep inhale, I calm down. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you know why the oxygen masks are on an airplane? To help people not freak out. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Obviously, if you We're lose cabin <laughs> pressure up over 10,000 feet, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have oxygen that's going to need to help just because it'll help with the, ox- the lack of oxygen that's way up high. Yeah. But if a plane started going down below 10,000 feet, they're still probably dropping the oxygen mask because oxygen's a sedative. Mm-hmm. pure oxygen is a sedative and right. so it helps us calm down the last thing a pilot and the flight attendants need is crazy passengers mm-hmm. so at least we all die calm is <laughs> that right? how it works that's, can how, I use, that's how it works can i use another analogy from the aviation industry sure. i like to think of uh being in a holding pattern of if you're not sure where you need to land on a particular subject or topic or issue or disagreement or whatever, you know what, just stay in a holding pattern because when the pilot comes on and announces that we are not gonna be landing where we planned at the time that we had planned, it's usually because there's a problem that you don't want them just landing the plane in spite of the problem. Just, I'm fine just circling around (laughs) up in the air until I know we can land safely. And sometimes it takes time to assess the situation. That's good. I'm going to be using that. Uh, Whenever I get confronted by something with Pam, I'm out. I'm going to circle with that one for a little bit. There you go. And and you can even add a little hand motion to it. Let me circle. I just hope I don't run out of fuel before (laughs) I've circled all I need to circle. But it, it truly is. It's just breathing is such an important thing that we don't realize when we're not. And we're not doing the diaphragmatic breathing, which is the way down deep where your stomach is what's actually rising and lowering, mm-hmm. not your chest. Right. So it's those deep breaths that help us all of a sudden maybe gain a clarity, gain some perspective, take a break, respond better. Mm-hmm. Because what I believe happens a lot of times is I get triggered and I just react. 
rather than I learn how to respond. There's, There's a, a big difference, difference between huge, reaction and responding. Yeah. Huge difference. The other thing I think of when it comes to self-soothing is that I take 100% responsibility for what I'm 100% responsible for. And that is? Myself. You. Right. Yeah. Because if I'm not 100% responsible for it, I'm not at all responsible for it. I contribute to it, mm -hmm. but I'm not responsible for it. Huge difference yeah. to me. Yeah. I and a lot of times agree. this is a mental exercise to go, okay, what am I really responsible for in this situation? Is it trying to get Pam to come around to my way of thinking Taco Bueno is where it's at? I'm going to keep coming back to Taco Bueno, <laughs> by the way. Um, They'll appreciate the free publicity. Yes. Well done. <laughs> uh, you can send your checks to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com if you were. No. It seemed like you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, but you threw me off with the. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, then I'll keep going. <laughs> with asking people to send a check. You jump on. No, I'm just talking about Taco Bueno to send us a check. Right, um, right, right. The other is just the, the concept of standing on your own two feet. And that really comes into the idea of how do I trust in myself? Mm -hmm. And then the relationship. Because what we want is often the reverse. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? I mean, think about it. If I had something that I wanted to be vulnerable with to you, and I was uncertain of all the status of our relationship, wouldn't I probably send up some test balloons to make sure you're going to be okay me telling you so that way because I need to be able to trust you right right yeah really do, I, but I, I can if see I, how people would do that but if I want to tell you something isn't it just up to me if I want to tell you or not could be <laughs> I mean but that's the interesting <laughs> dilemma because think about it mm -hmm. a lot of times like I'll come home and I'll have something that has happened and I'll want to tell Pam and I'll be like okay um, I, I really want to tell you something honey mm -hmm. but but I want to make sure you're in a position to be able to hear it because I don't want you overreacting or going crazy because I don't know if I can handle that and, and I need to be able to trust you. Mm -hmm. So if I want to tell something to my wife mm -hmm. or to you, my co-host, or to anybody else, it's just in my, it's, I'm responsible for me. If I want to tell you, I tell you. So you just lay it out there. I do. No test balloons. Yeah. No foundation laying. I think that's the, straight to the, that's the sophistication of what relationships do. Okay. Is they, they push us to that point of, can I trust in my response mm -hmm. or can I only trust in what I deliver? Okay. I can only trust in what I deliver because that's trust in self. Okay. And that I can handle how you respond. Mm -hmm. If you go live, Facebook live it, uh -huh. and it's something I'm asked for you to keep confidential, even though I'm sharing it on Sexy Merch Radio. Um, <laughs> but no, if you go and spread it, uh -huh. now all of a sudden, I'm probably not going to share anymore. Right. But it's not necessarily, oh, well, you didn't make me feel right. You know, because that's the manipulation we do when it comes to how do we start to feel better? Because I want my spouse to help me soothe me before I soothe me most of the time. And that's not the best path. There is a lot of manipulation mm -hmm. and control that mm -hmm. takes place in communication. And that's what I've been thinking of, Corey, is that I think that so oftentimes when our spouse says ABC and it represents ABC to them, we can interpret that as XYZ because that's what it means to us. And sometimes it's a matter of control yep. of of who's right or who, who trumps the conversation yeah. or, or whose perspective is more important or uh, which individual needs soothing more in that moment or whatever. It can really be a huge power struggle yeah. of how are we going to define this? And I think that we have to accept the fact that just like when you open up West Webster's Dictionary and there's usually two or three, if not more, definitions per word, like we talked about the definition, definition of passion this morning, mm -hmm. it has multiple meanings. Mm -hmm. Well, every situation probably has multiple meanings. Sure. And one person can ascribe one meaning to it and the other person ascribes another meaning to it. 
and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, we don't have to win them over to our way of thinking on every topic. Yeah, and so I, I think, I mean, self-soothing, it's, it is one of those kind of in the ether, what do you mean? So hopefully those are at least some practical things that we do, that we breathe through it, we recognize what am I responsible for, and am I responding well in a grounded manner? Right. Do I react to my partner's reactions, or do I learn how do I pause for a moment so I can respond? And I also think that in a really heated debate where you need to take a breath, it's probably good to just exit the situation and take a walk. Mm-hmm. Maybe even phone a friend, you know, call on one of your lifelines to kind of ask someone else, am I overreacting to this before you even respond to your spouse at all? Because, yeah. I mean, I have friends who will speak the truth and love to me. They will tell me, this sounds like your stuff, not their yeah, stuff. Get a what, grip, what's girl. really making you feel this way? <laughs> right. Exactly. That's good. Exactly. And we all need friends who, who say that kind of stuff yes, to us. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's an incredibly important component of living a full-on life, mm-hmm. I think, that's, that's grown up. Yep. So one of the other things I think of when it comes to the idea of self-soothing is how do we also, at the same time, give our partner the room to have to do the same? The room to have to? Well, <laughs> the way that you worded that Okay, is maybe that's poorly worded, but if I'm talking about the components and the container of a marriage, when I learn to control myself better, if my wife is going to be with me on a deeper level, there's an element of she has to confront herself better. That's where this comes into play of inspiring versus requiring. Sure. That when you're handling your stuff much, much better then your spouse will usually be inspired to handle their stuff better too because sure. nobody wants to look like the tyrant in the relationship. Sure, and I get that because that's the dynamics of a relationship, but it, it is so amazing to me the elegance of how this plays out Yeah. that what we want to do is just calm things down. Whatever I've got to do, I just want to calm it down. Get out the fire extinguisher. Rather than how do I give room to let my partner, or even in some cases, let my kids act the fool. Mm. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> sometimes it happens, doesn't it? Where it's like, but I'm kind of, I'm reacting to them because I'm starting to feel anxious or embarrassed or out of the, you know, it's like the, it's triggering some things. They're yeah. like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. Rather than, okay, how do I maintain self and not run or underreact, but still maintain self and say, Okay, I can respond when I'm ready, when, when, when warranted or when necessary, because that's how you shift the dynamic of the marriage. But you're right, though. Giving that other person the opportunity to really unpack and go deeper with what they're thinking and feeling before you combat that with your own thoughts and feelings could be a really great learning exercise for you to understand how your spouse ticks and, yeah. or what ticks them off or, you know, what, <laughs> sometimes what, what, a fine what, line between those exactly, two. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, put on your thinking cap and just observe, look at it as an analyst, just observing data. Right. And that's where that's easier said than done. That's one of the things I'm a big proponent of is how do I start to view what goes on in my marriage and what goes on in my life as just data mm-hmm. that the responses I get, the reactions, the failures, the successes, all of that, it's just data. Mm-hmm. How can I attach as little meaning as possible and start to see it as, okay, that's, that's good information for me for going forward. Yeah. I, could, I could confront this better. I could deal with this better. Or it could also just be how do I use knowledge of situations that have happened knowing this didn't go well last time we tried to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So maybe I could address it differently. Maybe I could even come up with a game plan saying, I know this isn't a good, fun topic for us. Yeah. 
but it's something we got we have to address. Right. And now all of a sudden I've shifted the dynamic because I'm confronting it standing up better. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer in the A frame. I'm actually standing right on my own two feet and choosing. And standing on your own two feet, you can go wherever you want to go. But mm-hmm. leaning on someone, you you're in gridlock. You can't go anywhere. Right. Without one of you falling right. or both of you falling. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that A-frame analogy. I'm glad someone brought that up because I was actually uh, telling someone else about that just last night. Of, that's a really powerful yeah. word picture. Yeah, I mean, the psychobabble is this emotional fusion. Mm-hmm. It's where I don't know where I end and they begin. And all of a sudden now, everything that's going on, uh, it's, it's, it's too uh, confusing. It's too right. discombobulated. And codependent. And it's codependent. The other thing I think of, I'm glad that this popped into my head while we're talking, is one of the ways I learn to self-soothe and the, I learn to stand up is I, tar- I stop taking what my partner does or doesn't do so personally. Yes. Because a lot it's of times... It's not about I'll, you, right. most likely. I'll see which, it as they're an extension of me. Right. Rather than, no, they're their own person. But isn't that a very narcissistic approach of whatever they're doing, whatever they're thinking, whatever they're feeling, that's about me. Not everything is about you. That's humbling. Very though. little is about you. I don't know if I like that idea <laughs> that, that I'm, I'm not as important as I like to think I am. Japan. <laughs> well, I often have heard that if you realize just how little people think about you or how infrequently they think about you, you wouldn't worry so much about what they do. That is true, yeah. Dr. Phil. That's where, that's <laughs> is that where, where, that that's where that's from. <laughs> well, how's that working for you, Corey? <laughs> well, this has been a fun episode of Sex and Marriage Radio. I'm blowing right past Dr. Philisms. Um, I, I hope... And, and by show of hands or by, by, by applause, did we, did we cover some ground that will help people? Yes? No? Oh, we get tips for self-soothing. Okay, good. Good. I, I realized. And that applause is so soothing, isn't I, it? I realized right when I, the way I phrased that question, I opened myself up to crickets, and that would have been, oh, now I'm going to have to confront something. <laughs> well, you can always edit out that cricket yeah, second there. Delete. <laughs> you have the power. On that episode. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, I have to say thank you for everybody that stayed to be a part of the audience with this show and to say thank you for everybody that takes some time out of their day every week or their seven-hour drive to binge <laughs> listen and spend some time with us. Thank you. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see you next time. We love you for listening. Thank you.